Hey y'all, we're back with a brand new spotlight featuring Aisha Wharton of Trinidad and Olivia Nadine from the U.S. And they come on the show to talk about the upcoming Umoja event, what brought them to China, and their love for travel. It starts now. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. How are you all doing today? Doing good. Enjoying the Beijing weather. It's getting warmer.、Mm-hmm. The air is kind of clean, so I'll take it. Exactly. It's clean-ish. <laughs> clean-ish. Yes, clean-ish. All we could hope for in Beijing. Clean-ish. Exactly.、Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, um, I'm very excited to have the organizers of the, or two of the organizers of the upcoming Umoja event.、Uh, looks like it's going to be a very、uh, exciting,、um, exciting two-day extravaganza. And、uh, I know you ladies are busy getting everything set up for that, so、uh, we'll get right into it. Um, let's start with you, Olivia.、Uh, where are you from, and what brought you to China? I'm from Washington D.C., born and raised. And coming to China to me was kind of a culmination of a lot of things. I was a PBS kid growing up, so I watched all of the history shows and all the travel shows. And China was always interesting to me. So when I got to undergrad, I had the chance to come here as an exchange student. I was at、um, Beida,、uh, right down the street. So I loved that. And had another chance to come back, go to Shenyang, and then I went to grad school, studied masters in Asian studies, and I was like, "Yep,、yeah, I really want to go back to China. Really want to work in Asia." So when a job offer came up for a think tank here, I took it,、uh, and I haven't looked back since. So actually, in a couple of days, it'll be my one-year China anniversary.、Um, so it hasn't been that long、uh, in this time around, but glad to be back. China anniversary. Okay, that's a new word. All right,、um, Aisha. What about you? <laughs> yeah.、Um, well, I came as part of a team, a three-member team, to set up the embassy of the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. And my China anniversary is in July, <laughs> and it will be four years. I can't believe so much time has passed、um, since I came here. Yeah, time flies in China. Time definitely flies. Kind of histories add up. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Four years, huh?、Um, so what keeps you?、Uh, what keeps you here? That's such a good question. I think China、um, hooks you. You know, there's this very special relationship that you have with China. Like you get into. I, I, we've spoken about this. I think everybody has this tipping point, and you get to this point where you're like, you either leave or you. Leave and come back, or you stay.、Mm-hmm. And、um, yeah, I had said, you know, if I make it two years, then I'll, I'll just stay. And now it's like four years, and I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Olivia, have you experienced something like that as well? I know I don't know if you stayed as long as Aisha, but you said you left and then you came back, right? Hmm.、Um, I mean, for me, when I came, I was kind of bitten by the bug. Granted, I came when I was about 19, and I was an exchange student,、mm. so <laughs> the Wudaoko area was still a nice place to go out and hang out. And so that was just a very different experience. I got to meet people from all over the world. 
Um, it was completely out of my comfort zone and it was all new and I loved it. And I think I came because it was short enough. I was only here for about four months. Mm. So it was just short enough before like real bad culture shock hit in and I was kind of high on life. I was in an English bubble too. Gotcha, I had studied Chinese. Yeah. yeah, I had studied Chinese, but I was in an English bubble. So everything was kind of taken care of. And so it was nice. It was fun. It was easy. Coming back this time, it's just different. But for me, uh, a lot of people kind of laugh at me when I say that. To me, it feels like home uh, in a very really unexpected sense. Yeah. Um, it, it's unexpected. <laughs> I, like, wow. I know. <laughs> and then most people are like, China, I want to go back home. But mm-hmm. it's something to be about the expansiveness of Beijing as a city. Coming from D.C., like you throw a rock and you're on the other side. Mm. Love the city, but it's tiny. Yeah. In Beijing, I mean, millions upon millions of people, you could drive for two hours and you are still on the third ring road. I mean, it's just huge and it's fun and it's open. And like, I know we're going to talk about it later, but you can just do so much with just an idea. And that's what I love. Like, all you need is an idea and then you can just make anything possibly happen here. Whether you want to start a bakery, whether you want to start an organization, whether you want to make a massive event. All it takes is an idea because everything else is just so open, so available. So any environment like that is home to me. Mm. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's that hook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. China has officially been sold. Um, well, uh, is this the only, um, have you, because you were earlier, you were saying that, you know, you first came here when you were like 19, right? Mm-hmm. Um, have you... Have you gone to other places outside of the States or like was this your first like international um, your first international trip? No, China was probably my longest, but not my first. I mean, you know, did the obligatory cruise to the Bahamas. Um, and then I took a trip with an organization called People to People Exchange. Okay. And what they do, they take high school students um, from different centers. I happen to be from D.C. So it was about. 13 of us from the D.C. area, and we went on a three-week trip through Europe. We hit France, Italy, and the U.K. That was my first real time, like, no mom and dad. We had chaperones, but no mom and dad kind of exploring, learning culture. And Italy, like, there are two countries I was always drawn to because of history. was Italy and China. So that I was hands down super excited for. Um, But China has been where I've come to the most in my international travel. I've also done Peru. I did a summer in Stockholm, Sweden, and I've been back and forth a few times for different reasons. Um, I think that's about it. But China's been my longest and the most kind of repeat returns um, since I started getting my passport in like 08. Okay. Well, I mean, that is a lot. It seems like you've <laughs> kind of been around. And um, I, Aisha, what about you? I mean, I know like, you know, with the job that you do, like that kind of requires you to uh, to settle in places for longer periods of time. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to say, like, Olivia is a boomeranger. I just I've spoken like a true <laughs> lifer with Beijing. Like, it's that hook. Anyway, um, I love it. I love hearing that energy and that that um, enthusiasm for all things China and the the opportunities that exist here. I have been to so I first um my first posting was in South Africa, but before that I studied in Canada mm. and I've traveled 
Europe um, and like France, England. So I've been South America, just to Argentina. and I've traveled a bit through Asia and all of Southern Africa. But settling in one country for like three to four years at a time is basically the job yeah. or the career moving from country to country. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, seeing how you've uh, basically settled in places for longer periods of time, um, do you think that takes a different uh, mentality or mindset uh, as opposed to people that kind of come for maybe a couple of months and then they go back home or, uh, or just somewhere else? Like, do you think it takes something different to actually settle in a place? Yeah, it takes something called madness. Okay. <laughs> kind of to be, yeah, you, something has to be a little off because you have, you have cycles. Mm. So you go through this thing called, um, of course, you have culture shock. But in, a, let's say it's a four-year tour of duty. Around after about a year, then you can say, okay, you're settled in a place, especially if you know the language. If you don't know the language, then it takes a lot lo longer. But you get to this high point of your cycle of your tour of duty where you're like, okay, I know where to get X, Y, and Z. And I've made a few friends and I'm a bit at home here. I've made my peace at home here. And then you get, if you know that you're leaving by year four, where year two, three, you're okay. Get, you're getting ready to depart. So you go down on your cycle because you're getting ready to leave. Mm -hmm. And then you normally go into reverse culture shock when you get back home, mm. which is a whole other cycle. So you, you're basically going from periods of lows to highs to lows to settling to unsettling to resettling. Yeah. I guess that would takes a bit of madness to get used to that again and again and again and again. Well, um, what are some of the things that, and you know, for, for both of you, uh, what are some things that you all have learned, you know, seeing as how you've traveled so much and you've uh, lived in so many different places? And so for me, I can say the one thing, and it's not necessarily just from traveling, but the one phrase that keeps like reoccurring in my mind is find your tribe. Okay. So find those group of people, whether it be three, four, 10, 20, find those people that no matter where you are in the world, you kind of feel kind of at home with them. Um, they support you. They uplift you. They push you to be a better person. And you return in return, do the same with them. Uh, and so for me, that being kind of a guiding thought, I'll say, then home is everywhere and you're always learning. Because if you're finding a tribe, those are people you learn from and you can grow from. And whether you're on the beach, you're in the mountains, you're in the midst of the city, or you're stuck on the terrible Beijing subway, like you're finding people who are making you better no matter where you are in the world. And so that for me is traveling. Every time I go somewhere new, every time I start to settle in, try to find either that the people or that environment where I can feel just a little bit like I'm home or a little bit home-ish. Yeah, okay. I would agree with that. Definitely agree with that. I think that I, so I've lived in, Canada, South Africa, and here, and that has always, you need that to keep that sense of sanity, and also, you know that, um, what's the, there was this movie um, where they had this one piece of, like an anchor, 
to uh-huh. Inception. It was Inception, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at the top, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I still don't know so how you, that like, movie ended, but whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as you're traveling the world and going through time and going, experiencing different things and growing, you're going to need an anchor and you need to really understand and know yourself. And that anchor kind of keeps you through. So what I've found is that once you, like, especially here in China, the experience of being in China and being black in China has, it it can be very lonely. It could be very isolating. So the need for a tribe is amplified. The need Mm -hmm. for a sense of community is amplified. Hey, y'all. Hope you're enjoying this episode of the No Name Podcast. If you're interested in more or content like this, then be sure to head to the Sahelian Outpost. The Outpost is a place where you can get an inside look into Asia's black community. Black content creators from the Americas, the Caribbean, and Africa talk about life and what to expect in the Far East. So check it out at www.sahelianoutpost.com. That's S-A-H-E-L-I-A-N outpost.com. Peace. Well, uh, it's interesting that y'all talk about finding your tribes because it (laughs) sounds like uh, the tribe is going to be meeting on Sunday and Monday, correct? That's the plan. All right. See, that's the segue. That's what we call segue in the biz. In the business. Um, yeah, so uh, Emoja, um, what's that? And uh, where where did this idea come from? So Emoja, well, Emoja is Kiswahili for unity and oneness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that we chose that as the title because it really comes from where this idea was born from. So I had met Aisha before, but we were both on the same panel at PUASA, uh, Peking University African Students Association. Okay. Um, and so we were on the same panel with them about in China, in purpose, on purpose. And we were just talking and kind of vibing off of each other. And one thing that we kind of talked about was how there's all these conversations that happen on WeChat. Intense, necessary, sometimes like divisive conversations, but they're all on WeChat. And they they rarely, if ever, move off of WeChat into real life, which, in my opinion, is where you can actually go from dialogue to solutions. And so if you're especially when we're talking about things that are happening in the American black community, the global black community, like moving that. And so we were thinking, well, what if we have an event that actually brings people from WeChat into real life and really allows them to make these real physical, tangible connections with each other? Mm hmm. Okay. All right. Aisha, what attracted you to the idea of Umoja? I think it's that that idea of actually taking something beyond the discussion board to reality and the fact that it has never been done before in terms of the community. Because what has happened within the Black community, we have an outpouring of groups that appeal to different aspects of the community. Like there's the group that appeals to spoken word events or the group that appeals mm-hmm. to women or the group that appeals to party goers or the group that appeals to 
intellectual stimulation and you have all these different aspects to one person's character for instance i as a black woman would be interested in all of those things but each group kind of catered to those interests Mm -hmm. and the groups didn't necessarily come together to put on one collective event so that really hooked me that we're getting this unity together to really appeal to the all aspects of our community okay okay um is is the uh i know we you know we talk about you know unity and you know yo we got to come together because we brothers and we sisters and all that blah blah blah. but the the practicalities of it um what were some what were some things that uh that both of you learned trying to put uh something like this together Okay, it sounds like a lot. I sh- I sure, <laughs> sounds like I a lot was learned. You're the diplomat. Um, <laughs> so then that's what we balance each other off for a mm. lot of reasons. Like, so I'm the like newer Beijing person, and then mm-hmm. Aisha knows everybody. She's established. Mm. Everyone knows her. Aisha's a diplomat, whereas I, um, I'm passionate. So. <laughs> okay we'll go with that (laughs) one thing i've learned i can say i don't always apply it i admit it but what i've learned um and it's something my boss actually told me is always assume the best intentions now that's difficult to do sometimes when you're working just really fast paced and you're all speaking english but you're working in so many different languages Mm. um and so sometimes that is really difficult, and I know that I'm not always the easiest person to work with. And so I definitely commend the collective. So I don't think we mentioned it. The collective is the group that's behind Emoja. Oh, and okay. It's, okay. Yeah. So it's five org. So Aisha and I may have come up with the vision, but we purposely brought together a larger group to really one build out the vision because when we thought about it, it was a a picnic, a, a dope picnic, mm-hmm. but a picnic. Um, but okay. now it's this two day event. And so the collective is Africa 2.0, Black Women in Beijing, Black Gen, uh, the Caribbean Committee, and there's Ambush Entertainment. Okay. So all five of those who all touch on different parts of the global Black community. When you think about when everyone chases their roots to, we've got Black Americans, Black Caribbeans, Black Europeans. Black Africans, um, and then all the mixes that kind of are tangentially aligned with those. Mm-hmm. So that's just, it, it might all be English, but that's a lot of different languages right there. And so bringing everyone together, Aisha and I balance each other out. Aisha is probably better at that than I am. But you learn just to assume the best intentions. When you don't always understand what someone is saying, if you can assume the best intentions, if you can step back, step out of your emotions, step out of my own emotions, and you assume best intention, then you're able to at least push forward. And the other thing I learned was solutions, solutions, every problem, every obstacle, every issue brings solutions. For me, that's just become outside of this, a way that I'm trying to attach my whole life. If there's an issue, that's fine. And it needs to be raised, but come with solutions right after. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Wow. I would say for me, the biggest lesson has been um, in communication and like you're saying uh, to assume the best intentions, but how I communicate, what I communicate, 
always having like an open channel of communication, that has definitely been the biggest lesson because I think we have different, we're all leaders. Those five groups of five leaders within the community and we all have different communication styles and we have been able to bring those styles together and put forward a dope set of events and I think that it's it's phenomenal because we've been able to understand each other because it's with the different communication styles you always you know I might be saying x and then someone else hears y or I they said y and I said but that's x but when you actually are able to meet up and hear things out I think that's what's important so that you can hear all sides to the story Okay. Um, I was hearing about, you know, what you guys were saying about, you know, diverse, uh, you know, diverse languages, even though everybody's speaking, you know, lang- uh, you know, English and everybody has a different communication style. And, you know, you have people from all across uh, Africa and the, the diaspora. Um, in y'all's opinion, do you think that that diversity um makes unity difficult from time to time because you know when you have people from literally all over the world trying to unite you know basically on skin color um mm-hmm. that can be uh challenging for lack of a better word but i think it's deeper than skin color i think exactly. the issue is is much deeper than skin color and that's what this event is all about and this is what Mm. the process has taught us actually that this goes way deeper than just what our parents is uh, our parents show like it's not about the color of your skin Mm -hmm. there's an identity there's an experience their values shared values shared principles that speak to universal principles that we all want and that we all adhere to that we all think we want for ourselves and for our own community i mean i think the experience of not just beyond like networking and personal growth you get from actually sharing with your african brothers and sisters or your african-american brothers and sisters and your caribbean brothers and sisters you get different aspects of a collective identity that you wouldn't understand unless you actually reach out across those man-made borders you know mm-hmm. and if i can i would agree that also you through this process i've seen more similarities not saying more than differences but i've seen so many similarities that you can't also just explain away mm-hmm. because we're all coming from such different backgrounds different age ranges different industries but there's still certain aspects that we all can vibe on, that we all have, have similar traits in some ways. And so is it enough to bring people together on color alone? No, because, I mean, my parents raised me with the idea that skin folk ain't kin folk. Mm. So mm. just because <laughs> that's, a, that's a definitely a deep South thing. But yes. just because everyone is the same look doesn't mean there's they have the same view. They don't see the same thing. But it's a mindset. And I think we all have the same mindset, like I just said, of coming together. And what somebody else on the, on the collective had said was, if it was easy, it would have been done before. 
But as I just said, this hasn't been done before. It takes a certain amount of perseverance and a certain amount of tenacity and a certain clarity in your vision and a dedication to that vision. And so if more people, if this inspires more groups, more people to do something similar, better, bigger, then I personally would say mission accomplished. Because one, we will be able to show people that it is possible. Not necessarily easy, but it's possible. Are you looking for high-quality extensions that pop, shimmer, and shine in the sun? Then head on over to Hair Bioconi. Hair Bioconi provides you with all of your hair extension and accessory needs at wholesale prices. Their products are tested for quality and available to ship throughout China and the U.S. So check her out on WeChat, Facebook, and Instagram at Hair Bioconi and get your wig right. Where would you like to see... Um this going like what would you like the next step to be that is a great question i am so smiling right now (laughs) (laughs) you too (laughs) i mean so for i can i can speak for me and this might be where i should um, kind of differentiate but what i would love to see is this is a catalyst Mm-hmm. This is the start of a conversation. So that's why it was important that we had the panel discussion. And it was important that we had the panel discussion on the first day. So Pomoja is the panel discussion where we're bringing together people who represent these different parts of the diaspora and different parts of Africa. Um, and so literally starting that conversation and literally making people comfortable to talk about these things from behind a computer screen. I mean, a lot of people will say a whole lot of stuff on a screen and but will we actually be able to have that real meaningful deep conversation with each other? And so my goal at least was to start the conversation. And if there are opportunities that come up, or we make opportunities, because this is China, you can make your opportunities um, oh. to have maybe a workshop way down the road that works on solutions um, and things like that. Sure, but for me, what I want to see is people talk more. People get to know each other more. So that way, when someone's saying, you know, I support X, and you're like, wow, I support Y, and those two are opposing things, you can look at the ideas and not go for the person because you understand the person. You respect the person. But mm. even if you disrespect their ideas, you're like, I can't, I can't match with that idea. But until that conversation starts, you're going to be stuck in this life. You and your idea are stupid. Mm. And my goal is to move away from that and just to bring it in person. I know I said that over and over, but to bring it in person long term, if I see this happening as an annual event, that's great. If but even better to see other people around China doing it, around other parts of the world doing it and putting their own flavor to it, that would be like a bigger more ultimate goal. Yeah, I don't think we differ at all on that. I think oh. it, it is a fabulous. I, but I really, I really think that it's very easy. What you said just now was something very poignant because you spoke about how easy it is to behind WeChat, behind a computer screen or a phone to, you know, type whatever. I think it speaks to the age that we're living in in terms of the digital, not just digital economy, but everything is online and it has impacted relationships, work, 
society, how we interact with people. Um, we communicate. It's easier to communicate, yet we're white, you know, we're farther apart than we were before. There's mm-hmm. the bonds between people are tenuous. So I think it's important, the need where you stress, you know, to actually have it in person, to have that conversation, to have that dialogue, because it's so easy to look at something on a screen and jump to a conclusion or jump mm. to a, a, a judgment or to make a judgment call on something. Mm-hmm. And that screen is not life. You know, WeChat, I, I'd like to say WeChat is life. WeChat actually is not life. But you can do so much on WeChat now. People think WeChat is life. Because you Very can, good point. I mean, I, all I, all I can't do is call my mother on WeChat. Like, I could call my mother, but she doesn't have WeChat. I'm I was going to say, I, I actually <laughs> signed my mom up for WeChat now, so <laughs> I can do that there's, as well. <laughs> there's WeChat out. So. Okay. Yeah. What can you not do with WeChat, right? So yeah. we equate WeChat with life, but we have to remember that WeChat is not life or, mm. you know, mm-hmm. that we need to actually have substantial, meaningful, respectful, in-person bonds that go beyond the screens, beyond the phones, beyond the... And this is something much bigger than just WeChat. This is how the world interacts or communicates now, which is why I was talking about communication before, because we live in an age where the internet has become, quote-unquote, like a god, and hmm. it has so much power that mm-hmm. people people look to that and are substituting that for real life connection. So this is what Emoja has sparked, real life connection. That's that's to me, that's where I wanted to see going. Something that is beyond a screen and can take what is on a screen to life. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, that was, uh, that was powerful. (laughs) That was really powerful. And I'm definitely excited, um, about being a part of this, uh, event. Um, because ladies and gentlemen, you can catch me emceeing at the, uh, Sunday event. Uh, so be sure to come on out. All right. So, uh, just thought I had to throw that shameless plug in here. Um, (laughs) Thank you, ladies, so much for uh, for coming on and uh, talking to us and uh, letting us know what um, Umoja is all about. And uh, we have one more question. It's NMP uh, tradition. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to those who have just gotten off the plane and um, they're trying to figure out what to do, how to how to maneuver in China, um, what would that piece of advice be? Hmm. Come to you, Mojo. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, Aisha gets it. Got to throw those plugs in there, man. <laughs> I don't disagree. Yes, come to Mojo and come with an open mind. Like, come with an open mind. Come to Mojo. Come to Pamoja. Come to the picnic. Come to the after party. All with an open mind, ready to receive more than you take. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for uh, for coming on, sitting down and talking to us. So um, where and when will this event take place? 
or should I say these events? Because this is a two-day thing. Yes, it is a two-day thing. We have Pamoja on May 28th at the Blue Marlin Restaurant in Liang Machau, and it kicks off promptly at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. So if you're not there at 7, we will be starting. Mm. Okay, okay. And then the picnic is the next day. So we're going to carry that conversation that starts on Sunday, and we're going to carry it to Monday at the picnic, so on May 29th. And we are going to kick off at 1 p.m. This one you can kind of straggle into. It'll run from (laughs) 1 to 7 p.m. And it'll be at Dadao Park, which is east of Chaoyang Park's south gate. So it's a park that's next to Chaoyang Park. Um, So we chose that because it's very beautiful, very spacious, and very quiet and a little bit private so that we can be as um, us as we would like. Um, without necessarily having the extra entourage. Yeah. Yeah. And then later that night, once you've had your good food, your good laughs, your spades, your dominoes, your twister, then we have the after party because we know everybody's always looking for that next spot. So later that same night on May 29th, we are going to go to Fez Bar, which is in Salintor. And at 9.30 until whenever they kick us out, we will have so much fun. We're going to turn up and just dance, chill, whatever you'd like. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So we've got the whole thing planned out for you. We've got the intellectual conversation. We've got the good food and good times. And we've got the after party. And Tuesday's still a holiday, so you don't have to worry about anything. All right. The righteousness and the ratchetry all in one. <laughs> this is a very good yes. call. Yes. Definitely. I mean, and especially the the righteousness and the ratchetry. You need that balance. A life. good, yeah, good balance. Good six. And you'll 40. see me in you'll see me in equal parts. So, exactly, yeah, it's gonna so be all good. Speaks to the complexity of of blackness. I like that. Exactly, we are well rounded people. Mm-hmm. All right, and um, where can they go if they need more information as far as uh, the people they need to uh, contact? So I'm on the flyer, so mm-hmm. you can find me on WeChat. You can probably find me in every black person group on WeChat at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my WeChat name is a little bit Chinese, uh, but it's Sha Yu Hei Yu, which just means like black rain. Um, okay. <laughs> but you can find me at Sha Yu Hei Yu if you know Chinese and you know how to spell it. Uh, and I have been fielding a lot of questions. And so feel free to hit me up and just ask, you know, any detailed questions that you have. All right. Aisha, you you putting yourself out there? He's like, nah, go, go see, go see Olivia. Aisha's like, I agree. Go see Olivia for all of that. Because I ain't the one. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> Olivia's handling it very well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, if enough. it ain't broke, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, ladies. Well, thank you all again for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, we wish this event nothing but success. Thank you. And we're looking so forward to seeing you MC and moderate on Sunday. I'm so excited. 
so excited to be a part of this. This is going to be lit. Yes, lit. It's a, it's a lituation. As, as the kids say, lit. As the children say. All right. Well, uh, thanks, ladies. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.